Hey friends, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm Rob Kosberg, and every week I show you how to use a best-selling book to grow your income and your impact. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, I recorded a short video explaining our trademarked process at beginmybook.com. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Rob Kosberg with another episode of our Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I have a legend in the sales business. Uh, Mr. Ben Gay III is the best-selling author of The Closers, a book you can find on Amazon. And there's, of course, a number of follow-up books to that. Uh, he's been called a living legend in the sales world, 40-plus years of professional selling and sales training. He's been the number one salesperson in every organization in which he's ever worked. That's saying something. And, of course, a powerful speaker and sales trainer as well as author to boot. We were just having a pleasant conversation about deals. He was closing this morning on the telephone. He is still active in the business, and I want to jump right in and talk about your book first. Ben, thanks so much for uh, for being on the podcast with me today and look forward to, to learning from you. Super, Rob, and vice versa. I always learn from you, too. Well, thank so you. I appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. Tell me what you want to ask. You know, our listeners tend to be those that are either authors or they want to be authors, and they really want to learn how they can use a book to grow their influence, grow their impact, make more money, like real effective strategies. Maybe first, talk about the book itself, The Closers, when you wrote it, how many copies uh, approximately it sold. Give us a little background there first before we dive into how you use it. Super. This is the book Rob's talking about, The yep. Closers. We now call it part one because there are other parts. And beneath my name, in uh, I think you can read it from there, it says editor. I didn't write the first draft of The Closers part one, what we now call part one. Yeah. I created the call center industry back in 1976, the 800 call center industry. And so I had everyone on our staff had a pen knife and they cut out ads that did not have an 800 number in them, which was almost all ads. Right. 86, the day I started the company, 86% of all Americans did not know a toll-free number was toll-free to them. Right. And because it was, it was so they talked fast when they called. <laughs> uh, and because it was long distance, they assumed with that 800 number, they talked loud like my generation used to do when you called your grandmother on Thanksgiving because they could, hello. <laughs> so I happened to, I was, my assignment was the wall street journal every day. And I normally did bigger ads, but I'm scanning through the one ads one day. And I read this little ad about a one inch ad. We were talking about a different one before we got yeah. on. And uh, it said something about closing. I wasn't sure. And I, it was so poorly written. I, I wasn't even sure it was about a book. I didn't know. But I did know it didn't have an 800 number. So I took my pen knife, cut it out, clipped it to a uh, typing request, and down it went to start the six-letter series. Hi, we saw your ad. It's a lovely ad. Blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't have an 800 number. And if you'd like to jump the results 40%, give us a call, and, and we'll show you how to do it. As I was throwing it in the outbasket, I noticed it asked for fourteen ninety five. Uh, if you wanted to buy a, by then, I'd figured out it was a book. So I clipped my personal check for fourteen ninety five to it and sent it down. 
Rob, I never gave it another thought. If they hadn't sent the book, I wouldn't have known. I didn't care. I was just curious. Yeah. And two, three, four weeks later, this package showed up that today I would have a bomb squad technician open. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looked like it had been out of an insane asylum. My name and address was in crayon. And um, <laughs> so I open it up. And then, you know, how when you get a new book, you tend to yeah. flip through it. I flipped through it and pages shot all over my office. <laughs> it was bound so poorly. Wow. And, uh, and then of the pages left in the book, some of them were upside down. So I realized we were not dealing with real prose here. So I gathered it up, went to throw it in the trash can. End of story. But I sort of glanced through a little bit and I saw a couple of sentences that caught my attention. So I put a rubber band around it and threw it in my briefcase. My plot for the closers was to uh, take it on my next airplane ride before cell phones and 24-hour movies and so on. And I already read all the in-flight magazines in any <laughs> given month. Right. So I was going to read it and uh, then put it in the back of the seat pocket and let their trash pickers up worry about it. I had a whole plot for getting rid of the book. And a couple of weeks later, I'm on a plane going to New York to get out the book, undo the rubber band, straighten it up. And I had found, Rob, the Dead Sea Scrolls of Selling. No kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, poorly written, misspelling, horrible grammar, printed upside down, et cetera. But it was sales genius. So I didn't finish the whole book, but I read enough of it to know by the time we landed in New York, I went to a payphone. Your younger listeners probably don't know what that is, but put phone on a wall, you put money in. Most of, we my, didn't have. Most of my listeners are a little older, so I think they remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't have cell phones. So I called their office in Arizona, and I said to somebody who answered the phone, I said, hi, I just finished reading the closers. And this guy said to me, well, Mr. Gay, how are you? <laughs> I'm looking around. We don't have caller ID. I'm in LaGuardia. I figured out it was a stunt on candid cameras or something. And uh, you were the only said, buyer of the book. <laughs> I said, I didn't give you my name. He says, well, Mr. Gay, we printed 500 copies. We ran one ad one day in the Wall Street Journal. We sold one copy. So if you've read the closers, your name is Ben Gay. You're from Placerville, California. <laughs> So long story, somewhat shorter. I said, how many do you have left? And he said, I don't have to go count. We printed 500. We sold one, 499. I said, I'll take them. He said, in the condition they're in, I said, I'll take them. It'll make a great story. Yeah. So I took them, gave them to my marketing reps who gave them to their top marketing reps out in the field. And I thought that was pretty much the end of it. Rather quickly, the 500 books were gone. And then people started coming up, my people saying, can Jack in Chicago wants 50, so-and-so wants 100, and uh, so on. Can we get more? So I called back the number in Arizona, negotiated the rights to the closers and the right to rewrite it yeah. and edit it and so on. And, and make it into agreed. a book where the page is actually stuck. Yeah, to a real printer. So uh, they agreed, having only sold one book, I look like, you know, and then 499 more to me. That looked like, you know, what have they got to lose? Right. 
And then we went on and we started spreading it and we made it part. We sold the answering service itself to clients, a line of vitamins and co- and then cosmetics. And so we just added the closers to the things that our distributors sold. And uh, then we started running ads in all the, you know, success magazine, salesman's opportunity, quarter page ads in the Wall Street Journal and so on. And uh, we sold Ten and a half million copies of the book when we quit counting 25 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and it still sells briskly, but I don't have the big distributor organization anymore. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, 10 and a half million copies I could prove if I had to, but that was 25 years ago. So it's some number substantially higher than that. Yeah. And that's how I got in the business. Uh, cool. It was totally accidental. Uh, wow. literally trying to get somebody to buy a message-taking service at a call center. No kidding. Well, I love your experience. I love the whole 800 experience. Uh, it's funny. Um, you were telling me a story even before we came on because I asked you, are you closing any deals today? And you said, yeah, I closed a couple. And, uh, you know, I remember I was in real estate. I started in real estate at 18 years old. I'm 57 wow. now, so that's not quite 40 years ago. And I remember when Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar and these guys were coming, Floyd Wickman, you may remember that name. Sure. And they taught about using the toll-free recorded line, right? Like you want to you want to sell real estate, you know, here's the best way to do it. You leave a, a recorded number that they call, they they listen in, you know, and they can leave their name and number for information. And right. you told me that you're still doing that. You're still selling real estate that way, which... Is, of course. Is wonderful. I mean, it's like, you yeah. know, when when you learn a great process, all you need to do is add technology to it and market it in whatever ways technology allows and continue with the process, which is exactly what you're yeah. doing. So, you know, I people I, ask me, you know, what is changing selling since you got in it? And I said, nothing, nothing. Uh, the sheepdogs are faster. They can go out in the pasture and round up the people faster through social networking and right. technology and so on. But when you get the sheep up to the barn, the game is the same. Yeah, You have to tell them what's in it for them, the features, the costs, the benefits, yeah. et cetera. No, nothing's changed. It's the same way the silk traders were selling thousands of years ago and the Yankee peddler was selling hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And the way uh, my first business partner and best friend, Jimmy Rucker, and I were selling 50 years ago. We got in our car and drove around, talked to prospects. Now I can, t- I've talked given over 5,000 paid appearances, probably that many more to prisons and service organizations and so on for free, wow. not counting the ones I went to. Mm. And, uh, Total, I, I, you know, you know, in this business, you really don't know how many people you talk to or how sure. many whatever. But based on the average audience and the number of speeches I gave, I figured out I've been in the room talking to about two and a half million people. Hmm. But that took 55 years from 1965 when I started till today. Wow. I can talk to two and a half million people this afternoon hmm. if I want to. Sure. Sure. So that's the difference. But yeah. when I'm talking to them, I'm using the same sales processes, yeah. processes, I guess that's how you use it, that I was using 55 years ago and my father was using 50 years before that and, yeah. and so on. Love it. Love it. You mentioned Doug Edwards. This is Sales Closing Power. I wrote this book for him after he died. Oh, wow. But from his seminars and so on, I didn't. 
Right. It wasn't one of those. Here's what I think he was thinking. Right. It was from my notes and his recordings. Very cool. Well, you, I mean, from what you just described, your book, uh, the book that you were the editor of and you mm-hmm. compiled and sold 10 and a half million copies of, took your career on a completely different trajectory. Yeah. You went from doing one thing to becoming super well-known for something completely different. Talk to me over that period of time, and maybe especially now, in what ways are you using the book? Have you used the book to get more of what it is you want? Obviously, the book is making an impact on people. And now you have closing. You have a, a part one, part two, part three. You have other books that you've written, etc. So obviously, the books make a, a difference in people's lives. But they're also bringing people back to you. So talk to me about sure. how you use the books and what that looks like. Well, the way I've described it to people, Rob, is, is all of them, but I'm most famous for the closers part one. Just between you and me, the closers part two is a better book. Ah. But you have to learn the kicks, the blocks, and the punches of selling. Yeah. And then in part two, I show you what sophisticated people really do with that red raw information. Nice. But to answer your basic question, the, the books, I've written 24 about half of them ghostwritten and the other half under my name. The books are my calling card. And here's the word if you want to, if your viewers want to write something down, a published book, especially a good one, gives you credibility. Hmm. I was 25 years old when Dr. Napoleon Hill was given to me as a mentor. Mm. Some, my boss paid for him the first year, $50,000 in 1967. And, Who was your uh, boss? Uh, William Penn Patrick. He owned Holiday Magic Cosmetics, which was the parent company of four or five name. other. Yeah. I thought multi- maybe it was multi- W. Level. Clement Stone or something like that. That would make well, a cool story, too. <laughs> Through Dr. Hill, Clem Stone became a friend. Mm. In fact, I talked to Clem the day he died. Oh my, really? Uh, I heard he was. I heard he was not in good health. I called, and a gentleman answered. It was a male nurse, and I said, "I'm just an old friend of Clem's, and I was wondering how he's doing." He said, "He's not doing well," and he sort of said, "We're at the end." Yeah. And I said, "Well, put the phone up by his ear, and let me tell you." Let me tell him goodbye, and I didn't know if he'd do it. He did. No kidding. So among the last voices Clem Stone heard was mine saying, Clem, you may not remember me, but this is Ben Gay. I met you through Dr. Hill, and you did so much good for me. Thank you. And that was my last call with him. I won a sales contest, became president of this big company. It was the mystery prize. And therefore, since it was the largest direct sales multi-level marketing company in the world at the time, everybody was trying to get there. So people said, well, you know, how'd you meet Ogmandino? I said, I was going to the men's room and he was in the hallway. <laughs> how'd you meet Dr. Napoleon? Bill, Bill Patrick gave him to me. How'd you meet Zig Ziglar? We joined Holiday Magic in the same meeting on the same day, September 15th, 1965 in Atlanta, Georgia, Wednesday at noon. Good night. What um, a memory. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, well, it had quite an impact on me. It changed, yeah. That changed my life. And uh, we went head to head in a national sales contest and I won. He won a Rolls Royce. I won the mystery prize. And he and I laughed till the day he died about who really won. Because I'd say to him, <laughs> I'd say, 
bring me the keys to the rolls. I'll give you the keys to the front door and we'll call it even. He said, oh, no, no, you won fair and square. <laughs> so anyway, all these people, Dr. Hill led me to Clem Stone and, and so on. All these people were there because I was lucky enough to be a kid, 25 years old, sitting in the catbird seat. Yeah. And so it wasn't anything marvelous I did. I, I won a contest. Yeah. Won a job that I wasn't really qualified to do, but bluffed my way through it. And uh, all these people sort of came in the mix. Jay Douglas Edwards. I won a little contest in Atlanta, Georgia years ago. Won a trip to an American Sales Masters convention in Miami and the right to sit on the front row and have dinner with Jay Douglas Edwards. Three years later, he was working for me. <laughs> so it's funny how like and Zig, I used to love if we were in the same room and he was within earshot. He would say, you know, Zig Ziglar. And I say, yeah, he used to work for me or, or he still works for me or whatever. <laughs> so it's sort of unfair because I was a kid and they were Zig was 18 years older than I was. Mm. Uh, Earl Nightingale, another friend and mentor, was on the Arizona at Pearl Harbor when it was blown out from under him. That oh, was the day that. I was. Yeah, that was the day I was conceived. Mm. So, you know, friends and mentors is a relative term. Most of them are old enough to be my father. Sure. Uh, Dr. Hill was old enough biologically to be my great grandfather. Wow. No kidding. Well, he, so, yeah. Lucky kid. Lucky kid. How about that? And still going strong, closing deals now. Yep. Talk to me, getting back to the idea of the book as, you know, this credibility piece, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Just a few minutes ago, you gave an incredible stat. You've spoken to over two and a half million people in the room, live events. Is this a product as well of the book? Like, talk to me about how you got these speaking engagements. Was that also from the book? And, you know, I want to connect the dots for people as much as possible on how someone like yourself is using a popular book to get more of what you want. Well, the yes and no. The uh, book came after I was deep into speaking. Okay. But the important part is credibility. My credibility back then was Boy Wonder, mm. president of the largest MLM in the world. And so anywhere I wanted to go, I was welcome. No one checked my qualifications. I'm a high school graduate, right. barely. I got, I got thrown out of public high school. My father had some money, so he sent me to a private prep school. I got thrown out of there. Nice. And then the, the original school had to take me back because you had to be in school when you were 17 or something. <laughs> so I went back and finished up in Atlanta again. So I had no education, no qualifications, nothing. Hmm. One of the joys about selling is... You know, in high tech things, if you're selling heart monitoring equipment, you probably have to know something. But most of selling, it's a learnable skill. Sure. In most of writing, doing a book, it's a learnable skill. If sure. you can read and write reasonable English, if you can't, there's we have proofreaders in this business. Sure. Editors, editors proofreaders. Yeah. Yeah. Who can help you? So the trick is to have something to talk about and start writing. Steve Williford. Stephen Douglas Williford, my co-writer on several books back in the early days, I hired him and paid him $20,000 to ghostwrite a book and for me. What and, year was uh, that? Somewhere in the early 70s, 73, 74, I'm 20, guessing. 20 grand in the 70s, that's a more like... 60 grand, 75 grand, yeah, or, 100 more, yeah, grand? or a lot of money. Yeah. 
Which makes the story even funnier because he sent me a chapter and I said, I read it and I said, that's pretty good. I made some changes because I do speak and write reasonable English. Yeah. And then I wonder what I call it, Benize it, the way I would really sure. write it. Sure. So I sent it back to him, march up a little bit. And I said, all right, let's go. And he said, no, no, you go now. I write a chapter, you write a chapter. I write a chapter. You. I said, no, I didn't pay you for me to write half the book. He said, well, you and I are friends, and I want to tell you something. You write as well or better than I do. And I said, yeah, when I'm inspired and, you know, I went into that thing. And when I'm not busy, he said, well, we're all busy. And he said, I'm a professional writer, and I'm frequently not inspired. What you do is from now on, I want you to write a page a day of could go to the publisher, you know, typeset a page a day, every day, uh, seven days a week for the rest of your life. Wow. And then you'll write a, you'll write a book and a half or two books a year by accident. And it's only a page goes back to a phrase I coined years ago. You can eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. And uh, so he got me on the one bite at a time. I before are before you still the day's doing over, that? I'll, you yeah, said for the rest the day's of your life. Over. So do you you do that today? Yeah. Yep. No. That's kidding. how I wrote twenty four books. Yeah. And uh, this one I'm working on now is ghost writing. I'm doing it for somebody else. Yeah. But I'll write a page before I leave the office. Huh. So what, it gives you. Uh, it get, well, that's you know, success is generally not an event. Yeah. It's a total of little bitty things that you did all the time. True. But it gives you, I was 25 when I met Dr. Hill. He's the first person I ever met who wrote a book that I knew about. I yeah. mean, maybe yeah, somebody yeah, wrote yeah. one and had it stacked up in their garage. But now with today's publishing techniques and experts like you to help people along, I don't know many people in the business world who haven't written a book. I mean, anybody can do it. I, if you I still have know the plenty. There's still a lot of them out there <laughs> yeah, for me well, to help. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> In my little circle, sure. I sort of know them because they wrote a book. Right, you know? right. 100%. But it's credibility, and I call my books business cards. Yeah. You know, of course, you've heard of the closers. Yeah, ten and a half million copies sold in the first few years. Yeah, uh, when they when they quit counting twenty five years ago. Yeah, years ago Earl Nightingale hired me. I he worked for me, but then he hired me to develop his distributor organization because he wanted to have something like we had at Holiday Magic. So I wrote some scripts and went out to start calling on people. Earl with the strangest secret. Sure. Yeah. First one I was ever Classic. given. Yeah, I I, is, I remember listening to that thirty forty yeah. years ago. This was given to me September 15th, 1965. And two years later, he was working for me, the voice of holiday, mad cosmetics and so on. But uh, when I started selling Earl's stuff and I was selling it to test my scripts, I wasn't going to be a distributor, but I wanted to send distributors out with an unproven product. And uh, I was talking to somebody, I think he was a dentist in San Rafael, California, where I lived at the time. And I went on this marvelous Ben Gay presentation about why you should buy the Nightingale material. And he said, he said, Ben, I don't understand how playing bird calls to my staff is going to help. I said, bird calls? He said, well, <laughs> you keep talking about nightingales. And I said, oh, do you know who Earl Nightingale is? He said, never heard of him. 
Well, I discovered that I was a little cult. You know, you go out into a restaurant and start talking about Dr. Napoleon Hill, 90% of the people don't know who you're talking about. Sure. Or Zig Ziglar or me or yeah, anybody else. 100%. So I developed a line for the Nightingale Distributors. Yeah. Of course, you've heard of Earl Nightingale, the most listened to radio voice in the world, heard daily on over 750 radio stations in the United States and Canada, to which people go, oh, yes, yeah, because nobody wants to be the idiot who's never heard of Earl Nightingale. Sure, sure. <laughs> so my people who sell the closers use a very similar term. Of yeah. course, you've heard of Ben Gay and the closers, uh, the best-selling book on sales and closing ever written. And he, of course, has given thousands of presentations to which they always go, yeah, or <laughs> they think they've heard of me because of a magic product. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows the life. smell of that Ben Gay right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all the Ben Gay jokes that go with it. You're supposed to say at that point, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little corny, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, your book will be your calling card, your certificate of credibility. Yeah. And if sold properly, they will believe that they should have heard of it. Yeah. It may be the only person on the planet who hasn't heard of That's it. That's good. That's good. Love it, Ben. Love it. That's probably a good place for us to give some further information. So somebody wants to work with you. Somebody wants to have you come out and speak uh, or just learn more about like your courses and whatnot. Where can we best direct them? Where can we send them that uh, will, uh, you know, get them on the Ben Gay train? I'm groping. Uh, there it is. I'm groping around for my handy dandy high tech sign. That's high tech. That I made. I made myself. <laughs> First of all, just send me an email if you'd like to work or talk or whatever. And that is BFG3, as in Benjamin Franklin Gay 3, the third, uh, at DirectCon, short for Direct Connect, Connect, D I R E C T C O N dot net. That's my email. I personally look at them and I get them. Great. If you'd like to get your hands on the closers, the bottom line here, go to stores.ebay.com forward slash Ronzoni Books, R-O-N-Z-O-N-E Books, B-O-O-K-S. They offer the closer series with special pricing or you can get it at my website, and free shipping, which we don't do. So that's where I would suggest they go to get it. And your website, bfg3.com? Uh, yeah. But if you go there and order, it will cost you more. Well, but to get to know you, to like see, to oh, see your other fine. stuff and sure. connect with you, bfg3.com. That's a, .com. That's a right. nice, simple one to remember. Yeah. Love it. Not as simple as my email, unfortunately, or the eBay site. <laughs> no. No. Ben, great to have you on. Thank you for your wisdom. Love your stories. Love the people that you've connected with. Uh, obviously, we've stayed connected. Let's make sure that we still do. I want to hear the things that you're doing. You know, maybe, uh, maybe we even find some cool things to do together. I'd love to do that. And to your viewers and listeners, Rob knows what he's talking about. 
I've heard nothing but good things about him for and he and I, I think the first time you and I did a show together was June of 21, yep. June 7, 2021. Yep. But the reason I did that show with you was I'd already heard so many good things about you. So if you're even remotely thinking about writing a book, getting it published, and save yourself all the soul-sucking things you have to do to an effectively I wouldn't do it. Rob, I would if I didn't already have contacts, you know, that I've used for years, mm. I'd come to you. I know what's involved and no thank you. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to get an ISBN number. I don't want to have to reestablish contacts in the new publishing world. I'm really not interested. Thank I've gotten you, old, fat, lazy, and cranky. So if I were you watching this and you're remotely considering writing a book, get in touch with Rob and uh, do what he says. That's another little secret of success. Find the person who's already doing successfully what you want to do and don't reinvent the wheel. Do exactly what they tell you to do. They don't need your brilliant ideas. <laughs> love it, Ben. Love it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the kind words and uh, love the good advice as well. You're welcome, sir. Hey, thanks for listening in on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast because every week I bring you either great guests or great teaching to help you to grow your income and your impact with a best-selling book. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, check out my short video which explains our trademark process at beginmybook.com.